If you've got money to save, you're investing it. But do you know what you're investing it in? Whether it's in the bank, in a unit trust or in your pension fund, it's supporting a range of companies. But do you know whether they are environmentally responsible or are they making a quick profit while making the climate crisis worse? Hello, this is Anthony Day with your Sustainable Futures Report for Friday the 19th of February. I mentioned the Wreath Lectures a while ago, an annual series of lectures produced by the BBC. The speaker in the 2020 series was Mark Carney, former Governor of the Bank of England. In the final episode, he addressed the climate crisis. He explained how there were immense investment opportunities in rebuilding the global economy to be sustainable. He emphasised that we, as savers and investors, can influence corporations to do the right thing by choosing to invest our money only in responsible organisations. But how easy is it to know how responsible the underlying investments in our savings portfolios really are? I recently spoke to a man who's been concerned with this problem since 2004. So my guest this time is Peter Krull, who is CEO of Earth Equity Advisors. Welcome, Peter. Thank you, uh, Anthony. It is a pleasure to be on the show today. Great. Now, we're talking about investment, but just to be clear, we're talking about yes. types of investment. We're not here to make specific recommendations. If you have money to invest, you should always consult a qualified financial advisor. But we hope to help you understand the nature of the product you might be offered. And with that in mind, I've got a first question, but I'm going to ask you something else before I want you to answer the question. Um, okay. So... If people are saving money for a deposit on a house, for a wedding, for retirement, or just have that bit of security behind them, many people don't want that money invested in businesses that damage the environment. So how can they be yeah. sure of that? Now, before we get onto that, I just want to clarify a couple of um, things that you may be talking about. ESG, I think that's equivalent to our CSR. CSR is Corporate Social Responsibility. Mm -hmm. Am I right there? Yep. Yeah. There are a ton of acronyms and they change on a fairly regular basis. So, you know, it used to be that it was SRI, socially responsible investing. And that right. started way back when that started with um, a lot of religious folks who didn't want to invest in gambling or they didn't want to invest in alcohol. And uh, through the 70s, that sort of morphed into adding environmental uh, aspects to it with the green movement. And you know that moved right on through into, I would say the last decade or so where SRI transitioned into sustainable, responsible and impact investing. Right. And at that time, ESG, environmental, social and governance, which is sort of analogous to CSR as well, uh, sort of sprung out of that as a way for investment managers to become a little less um, sort of, emotionally attached to things and you know they're trying they're trying to look at it from a um, from a quantitative perspective they're trying to quantify the risk associated with environmental social and governance uh, issues uh, and we can get more into my feelings on that because I think that um, you know the quantitative side is important but I also think that uh, there are ways for companies to to game the system uh, in a way that you can have a company that isn't sustainable or isn't responsible in an ESG 
index or in an ESG investment um, by the way they by, by the way they sort of play the game. Okay, all right. Well, with that in mind, then how can investors be sure that their investments actually measure up to the criteria? I'll start off by saying you can never be 100% sure. Um, it, it, it's, it's a, it's, it is a, um, the goalposts are moving basically at, at all the time. We are, the way we do it is we spend a ton of time in due diligence. So if we use funds, so like a mutual fund, I'm not sure what they are in the UK, what they're, what they're for term, but, but if we use mutual funds, funds, yeah. Um, we're looking, we're, we're basically lifting the hood and looking, looking underneath to see, okay, what is actually in here? Uh, there's a there's a big company here in the states called BlackRock, and they have made a ton of uh, they've had a ton of rhetoric around how we're, they're going to transition into you know ESG, how they're going to transition into responsible investing, but the actual results haven't you know followed the rhetoric. And when you when you when you lift the hood and look underneath, and you see companies like let's say McDonald's or Exxon in a in a portfolio that is considered you know uh, what do they call it? It is a um, uh, oh gosh, it's not going to occur to me here all of a sudden. Um, an, an ESG fund, uh, you have to question, is, is this real? Is anybody actually looking at this or are they just taking some arbitrary numbers and, and, and putting them in here? And that's, that's what it looks like they are. Right. Well, you mentioned BlackRock. Well, of course, that's international. That's well known. But all yeah. the big names seem to be making the same sort of claims. UBS, HSBC, Fidelity, Investec, yep. Jupiter, M&G, Standard Life, and, and so it goes on. Yep. Now, you say you have to look under the hood. You have to look right into the detail. And I've got an example here, uh, which made me wonder how far you can go. Because you may be aware, um, and by the time we broadcast this, I will have incorporated it in a, uh, a podcast episode. There's a major coal project going on in India. And okay. basically, the banks won't touch it because it's coal, it's fossil fuel, and it's right. CO2 and all these sorts of things. So what's going to happen? Well, the National Bank of India is going to fund it. And then by uh, coincidence, they're going to issue bonds for about the same amount. And then all these companies are going to go along and buy the bonds and say, coal, nothing to do with us. Uh, no. We're just buying bonds. <laughs> Degrees of separation, right? Absolutely. Can you get yeah. around that, though? Things like that. It's really, really difficult. I, there, there's, uh, you know, we have, uh, over the years, we have um, diversified the way we manage assets for, for our clients. You know, we're really, really... Um, spend a lot of time, again, doing due diligence on the funds that we use for clients. But what we've also done is we've also created portfolios that are individual stocks now. So we have a little bit more control over what actually goes into the portfolios and we can have um, you know, do even deeper due diligence. We've got some pretty decent um, software from Morningstar that breaks down sources of revenue within a corporation. So if there's any particular source of revenue that's coming from fossil fuels, uh, and you usually find this in like utilities, for example, you know, a lot of you, they'll break it down into how much is coming from nuclear, how much is coming from fossil fuels, how much is coming from uh, alternatives, wind and solar and geothermal and things like that. And so for us, that makes a big difference because, you know, there's a lot of companies, there's a company here in the States called NextEra Energy down in Florida, that is a big wind producer, but they also still have a ton of coal and nuclear facilities that just don't fit the mix. So while they're getting a bunch of accolades for being this big wind producer, uh, people are ignoring the, the, the dirty side of the business still. 
So, yes. you know, going back to your original question, how do you do it? You, you just have to take time or you have to find an advisor that you really trust, who, who believes in it, who lives it. Um, the, you know, the Black Rocks of the world and the Fidelities and all the names that you listed there, um, they're sort of Johnny come lately's, if you will. They weren't the ones who have been doing this for years, for decades. I mean, we've been doing it for since uh, 2004. So we've been doing it for 17 years now. Um, and you know, over that time, we have had the, had had the opportunity to, um, you know, really polish our processes. And we're always looking for ways to to, to make our processes better, to make our uh, portfolios as sustainable as it can possibly be. I mean, there's no, nothing's perfect. You know, you 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 still have to use uh, roads to get from point A to point B. You know, a lot of times when you're shipping products, you, we still don't have the electric infrastructure uh, or the, the vehicles to transport products, you know, so you're still using fossil fuels that are on these, uh, you know, different, different levels of carbon related to the, uh, related to the company. Okay. One thought occurred to me, and that is mutual funds, unit trusts, they're always trading. They're always changing the, the investments. And that being so, uh, it's going to be difficult to keep up with them, isn't it? It's always a risk that uh, they might prejudice their SRI credentials uh, as they trade. Yeah, and that's where you have to you have to believe in the, the firm that you're working with. You have to have a relationship with them. For example, we've got a, a really great relationship with a firm here in the States called Green Alpha. They're out in Colorado. And I know... I, I know the chief investment officer. I know basically the whole team. And I have no concerns that they're ever going to put in something in there. Whereas if I am going to buy, say, the a Fidelity Climate Fund, or I'm just throwing the name out there just to, uh, for the hell of it here, um, I have no idea what their motivation is. I have no idea where they're coming from other than, hey, you know what? Sustainable investing is the fastest growing segment of the investment industry. We want in not necessarily because it's part of their values, but because they see a value to the bottom line for the firm. Yeah, yeah. Now, one question which I think always comes up is, if I want to be an ethical investor, if I want to invest in something which has uh, got all its ESG credentials, am I going to take a hit on my return? Am I going to get poorer performance than if I just go down the mainstream? Well, I will start out by giving the the typical response that past performance is not indicative of future results. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the reality is is that um, they are very competitive now, and in many cases uh, are showing better returns. So, there are there's there's two exchange traded funds in the in the U.S. here that that um, mimic uh, indices. So, uh, you know, we don't use them, but it's a good way to show an example. So, there's uh, one SPY which mimics the uh, S and P 500. And there's one SPYX, which mimics the S&P 500 without energy stocks in it. And the SPYX has, over the last decade, consistently outperformed the S&P 500 um, because it doesn't have the energy stocks in there. And there's been a study by Jeremy Grantham uh, of uh, GMO, which is a hedge fund out of, out of uh, England. And he has looked at it from the perspective, what if we take out any particular sector from the S&P 500, does it affect our performance at all? And the study basically shows that the difference between um, taking, taking in any individual sector out and the S&P 500 as a whole, um, from the worst performer to the best performer over, I wanna say this was an 18 year period that he looked back on, the difference was 0.5%. 
So, I mean, 0.5 is not negligible over that time, but energy stocks, if you extracted them, you actually did better over that period. Right, okay. And the um, reality is, is my, my friend Garvin, who runs the Green Alpha Funds, he says, you cannot benchmark where we're going with where we've been. And so we, we need to look at it from a different perspective. We need to look at things. Uh, the, the way I try to invest is we want to invest positively. We want to invest based on where do we need to go as a society? Where, where do we need to go to be as resilient as possible? Because the reality is climate change, that train has left the station. We are going to feel the impacts of it at this point. So how can we both minimize the impacts of it and deal with the impacts of it? And which are the companies that are going to be best suited to lead us there? Okay. Now, do you find things like the Dow Jones uh, Sustainability Index or the Financial Times equivalent and, and many other indices, are they uh, a guide to investors in any way? What they are, what, in my opinion, what they're a guide to is which are the, the best of the, of the big companies that are out there uh, relative to their peers. Uh, it, it's interesting, there's a book over your shoulder there called Cradle to Cradle by uh, Bill McDonough. And he was actually one of the, Bill was actually one of the people who I spent time with prior to starting my firm. Right. And in his, in his documentary, The Next Industrial Revolution, he has a quote in there and he says, being, being less bad is still bad. And what I find with a lot of these uh, indices like this is you find a lot of less bad companies. Mm -hmm. And while that's better than, than if you just buy the ordinary index, it still is less bad. Now, a lot of those companies really are trying to make a difference, but you know, I tend to be a, uh, an anti-indexer because again, I'm gonna go back to what Garvin said, you can't index where you're going with where you've been. So, um, I think we need to start looking at investing from a different perspective. The, there's a lot of institutional investors like um, you know, university endowments and, and things like that, what, where they put into their investment policy statement that they're, they can only vary from the index by X percent. They, they have to basically, they're, they're tying the hands of the investment advisors. And the reason they are is because you go back to 2000, actually uh, you go back to, uh, 1998, 1999, and 2000, when the markets, you know, absolutely crashed because of the dot-com boom and all that, you found a lot of managers were putting internet stocks into their more traditional investment uh, vehicles when that was what was part of their uh, investment policy, and so they put a lot of these risk management um, guidelines in in place so that way that didn't happen again but what it's done is it's tied the hands of investment managers so that way they they they're not able to actually manage all they're really doing is um, making a quasi index and when you know the reality is is you could just buy the S&P 500 or or the Dow or you know the FTSE or whatever it is and um, and and, and just follow that. If you want an investment manager, don't don't put handcuffs on them. Okay, okay. Well, talking of investment managers, I started off by saying that if people have money to invest, they should qualify. They should contact a qualified advisor. Yeah. So, what's the questions I should ask my financial advisor? So, the questions you should ask your financial advisor related to sustainable investing is how much experience do you have in sustainable investing? Is it something 
that you are, um, you know, that's new to you? Are you just learning about it? Or is there something that you've done for, for years or even decades? Um, Europe is a lot farther along in the process than we are here in the States. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the sustainable investing or responsible investing has long been a lot more of the norm than it is here. We're just finally catching on. So, you know, ask them what experience they are. Ask them um, if, you know, ask about their, their, them from a personality perspective. Like for example, I'm sitting in a house right here. I have solar panels on my roof. I have an electric car parked out in, in the driveway. Is this something that is who you are or are you doing this just because it's the latest trend? Now, it's not a trend by any stretch, but are you, is that the reason why you're doing it? Um, ask them about their due diligence process. Um, ask for a sample portfolio and then ask them to show you, you know, what is in the funds, what is under the hood. Because if, if you look under the hood, we, we've got a, a, a report that we give to clients called uh, an impact x-ray. So if uh, somebody wants to come work with us, but they want to see what they currently own, they send us their holdings. I put it through the screen and I can say, okay, you ha- in this particular fund, you have 20% in fossil fuel involvement and you have whatever percent you know, uh, you know, in tobacco or in arms or whatever it is. And that makes a big difference for folks who are trying to decide whether they want to work with us or not. So ask them, you know, you can ask them first, you know, what do you currently own? And then ask them, how is it going to look if I transition to you? There aren't a whole, I mean, and I don't know if this is available in in, uh, Europe or not, but there is a designation called CSRIC from the College for Financial Planning. It's uh, a chartered uh, SRI uh, counselor. Which, which, which is a designation that I've received. Um, I don't know if there's an equivalent over there or not, or if it's the same thing. So, but that, that might be another thing to ask. Absolutely. Well, I'm not an expert in it. Obviously, our um, financial advisors are closely regulated, but I'm not aware of any specific qualification in sustainable investing. So that's an interesting question. Thank you, Peter. You've given us a lot of really interesting insights, uh, a lot of things to think about. I'm going to uh, send this recording to my financial advisor, I think, and uh, see what he says. So thank you very much for taking the time to talk to the Sustainable Futures Report. It's been really interesting. It it has been my absolute pleasure. And anytime you want to chat about it some more, just let me know. Thanks, Peter. That was Peter Krull, CEO of Earth Equity Advisors. Find his website at earthequityadvisors.com. There's a lot going on in sustainability at the moment. Bill Gates is doing a whole series of interviews because he's just published a book, How to Avoid a Climate Disaster. I'm afraid I've not been able to fit him into the Sustainable Futures Report interview schedule, but his book should arrive this week and my aim is to review it next time. A word to my patrons... Thanks, as always, for your continuing support. My new part work, an A to Z of sustainability, available to patrons only, part one will be out on the 1st of March. A is for action and a number of other things, but you'll have to be a patron to find out what. If you too would like to be a patron, you can find all the details and sign up at patreon.com sfr. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash sfr. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. 
I'm Anthony Day, and that was the Sustainable Futures Report. Until next time. Thank you.